So Josh, man, what's what's going on with you, dog? I heard you was real excited about Big E winning Money in the Bank. Is he the first black man to ever do it? Is it first first black man to win Money in the Bank? Um, and there's been a lot of them in there. Shelton Benjamin been in the match. Six you times. know what's crazy? I was literally just about to say Shelton Benjamin ain't never won it. He seemed like Kofi, a, Kofi Kingston been in there seven times, never won. Big E uh, is the first one, and also yesterday, uh, Kofi versus Bobby Lashley was the first WWE Championship match between two black men. Seriously? Mm. Yep. Nah, bro, that's not true. It is true. It, Think uh, about wait, it. Who, uh, wow. When The Rock was hot, the only pe- other people that was out was Stone Cold. Triple I'm about to say The Rock. The Rock had to fight somebody who? Black, bro, for the championship. Nah. But Kurti wasn't, wasn't there yet. He was still in WCW. Oh, Mark, five-time Mark, champion. Mark, five-time Henry was, Mark Henry was sexual chocolate. He wasn't a world champion material yet. D'Lo Brown wasn't world champion material. What, wasn't Big AP. Daddy V? One Big Daddy V though at the tail around. end of the rock. He wasn't around then. Big Daddy V ain't come back until like 06, 07. Hey, can we can we talk about how they like did that real like over hypersexualized thing with Val Venus and uh, Mark Henry for a second? <laughs> like, golly, don't nobody want to yeah. see that big. I, I'm sorry, we trying to keep our clean rating on Twitch, so I'm not. But they're. Oh, come on, Cause, man. Because you got to think, Chris. And then after Rock, the next black world champion was until Kofi. And Kofi, yeah, de- Kofi defended and Kofi defended against Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, and Brock Lesnar. Man, though, I swear it was two black people before. This your no. favorite sport, though, so let me not. No. Yeah, you, you, you might be thinking World Heavyweight Championship. I know it was a Booker T. It was a King Booker versus Bobby Lashley match around like 06. All right, all right, but, 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 T was champion. No. Not, Matter of fact, Batista fought somebody black, didn't he? He fought Bobby, low-key. Batista not For black. No, nah, Batista, uh, like half Greek, half Filipino or something, bro. Yeah, Batista not black at all. <laughs> I thought he was mixed with black, my bad. My, you see, I don't watch wrestling. He, 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 he wanted them ambiguous folks. I, yeah. I, I, I can hey, see it. I can hey, see bro, it. bro saw him as Drax and was like, wait, that's not his real skin for real? Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? All right, on? my fault. My fault. I ain't mean to offend nobody. Yeah, but, yeah, but I was just oh, chopping up with the homie good. earlier, man. It's only been seven black world champions in the history of like the That's entire sport crazy, across bro. every company. So across every company, it's yeah. only been seven. Yep, Ron Simmons oh in '92, uh, R Truth in 2004, Bobby Lashley, Kofi, and then you got uh The Rock, and you got Chris Bay and Rich Swan and TNA. That's it. I don't know who either one of those people are. All right, well, we're gonna we gonna get this thing rolling, man, because we got a, a heck of a show for y'all today. I mean, we've we've got a little a lot of basketball. We're gonna have a whole lot of basketball going on today. We are counting down the dog days, however, because college football season almost back. It's almost back, and when college come back. NFL coming back. And then we back in the money as far as all of our sports go. But right now, we have a little bit of basketball. And I got to throw this in here. I got to throw this in here because we we just we got to talk about it. We got the finals going on, but we got to talk about the Olympics going on. And we got to talk about this offseason. There's going to be some wheeling and dealing for some big names. I think we're going to see as many big names move around as we've seen since maybe the year that LeBron did the decision because there were a lot of names from him to the Celtics breaking up to, there was a whole lot going on that year. That, so. that one year was really, well, it wasn't big names. It was just a lot of moves. The, uh, the year where they signed a new TV deal. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Luau Dane getting 60 million. Hey, watch out. <laughs> Timofey Mozgov. <laughs> no, that was... Th- Mike Conley got a deal that year, too, matter of fact. But Mike Conley deserved it. Timofey Mozgov. Nah, Mike Conley deserved no 140 M's, bro. Not no 140 <laughs> wait, wait. M's, hey, you. So, wait, you think that's more egregious than Timofey getting... No, it's season? not. It's not. It's not. Man. But 140 M's for Mike Conley ain't never made that far in the playoffs. See, he we, never we was can't the even, number one option. You know we, can't even, we can't even get through the intro yet without it already getting spicy so y'all know what type of show we finna bring y'all today but before we get into the show i gotta get these introductions we got the master the mix and master josh Guyton in the building that is i and we got the money man the man with the plan chris allen in the building right here right here what up blanco and then you got the little old mc that is me kenton gibbs what's up have a seat it's your favorite hour of the week with the facts over axe crew and now we gotta get straight into these finals because the Bucks are up 3-2. After going down 0-2, they have won three straight. Interesting fact about this series so far. When a player scores 40 points or more, their teams are 0-4. The two games where Giannis scored 40, they did not win. The two games where uh, Book scored 40, they did not win. So, tell me, what's going on? What's, what's happening in this series? Who do y'all have taking this thing? Or better yet, let me just get your observations and thoughts on these first couple games. So before I fully dive into my explanation, Chris, you said Bucks and Six, right? Yeah. I Gibbs, said, you said uh, Gibbs, you said Bucks and Six, right? I said Bucks and Seven. Okay, and I said Bucks and Six. So once again, if y'all are trying to make some money, put some parlays down or something, listen to Facts Over X. That's all I'm gonna tell you. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> It comes down to this, and I'm gonna stick with my explanation um, that I said at the start of the, uh, at the start of the series, at the start of the finals. I said one, the first two games were in Phoenix, so you can't get overblown if Phoenix takes those games because all they did was what they were supposed to do, which is take care of home court, which is the case in a lot of series, and a lot of people overblow those first two games because those teams won on their home floor. I yeah. said that Phoenix does not have the tools to stop Giannis. They haven't built a wall for Giannis. Even if they be, did build a wall, the only person that could somewhat match Giannis physically is DeAndre Ayton. And DeAndre Ayton doesn't have the length or the speed that Giannis has. So that's one thing that Phoenix is not going to be able to stop. On top of that, if you look at games one and two, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton played terribly. And even though Drew Holiday, we're not sure what exactly happened to him. We don't know what's going on with him. We don't know if the Space Jam 2 came out. They forgot to, like, give him his powers back and he was an extra or maybe, like, he was in the deleted <laughs> scenes or something. But Drew Holiday has not been playing good, but you're not going to expect terrible performances out of both Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton for four games in order for Phoenix to win that series. And as long as Giannis is doing what he's supposed to do when you get a good performance out of one of those people, then it's going to be hard to stop the Bucks with the defense that you have over there in Phoenix. Um, when it comes to the 40-point performances, I think that the those performances from Giannis and Booker have come out of necessity because if you look at it, you're looking at a core of, of three players on each team, which is you're looking at Giannis, Drew, and, and uh, Chris, and then you're looking at Chris Paul, Booker, and Aiton. And the games that Booker needed to score 40 and the games that Giannis needed to score 40, you didn't get good performances out of those other players. So... Um, I think tomorrow we see Giannis play another great game. We see Chris Middleton play another great game, and they closing it out, man. In Milwaukee, Bucks and Six. Okay, all right, all right, Chris. What you what what's going on, man? Give me your observations listen, from listen. what's happened so far. Listen, when Giannis caught that dunk, I thought we was gonna hear that Undertaker bell. 
thought he was going to hear, going to hear But, you know, they, they don't mess with the wrestling like that. But anyway, anyway, man, I told y'all from jump, Michael Bridges was the X Factor in this series. I'm going to read y'all the stat from last game, from just on Michael Bridges. Devin, oh, I'm going to start from the top. Devin Booker, 33 shots, 51%. He got 40. He did his job, right? Jay uh-huh. Crowder, four for seven, 57%. Two for four from three. He did his job, essentially. He's a defender three and D guy. Right. Chris Paul, 21, 11, 9 and 15, 60%. Now we go to Michael Bridges, 13, 4 and 1, with two steals and a block. Five for six, three from three from three. Okay. Tell me this. How does Devin Booker have double the amount of shots of everybody? in the starting lineup or more, double or more. Because you got Chris Paul, 15 shots. He still doubled that. Eight and 12 shots, more than doubled that. Crowder and Bridges, seven and six. Almost triple those. Well, did triple those. Make that make sense. I have an answer for you. I'm not sure if y'all going to like it, but I have an answer for you. Go ahead. Lord, here come the Monty Williams slander. (laughs) No, no. I think those Kobe comparisons are starting to to, to get to Booker, and I don't know if this is the right time for him. He had a couple of good games, and I think he's trying to live up to those Kobe comparisons that he's hearing from social media and the media in general. I think in his finals, I see him taking a lot of shots and taking – I see him taking a lot of contestant shots that he wasn't taking the the past few weeks that got Phoenix to this point. So can I I say something? Can I say something? And this is going to upset some people. This is going to upset some people here. I know, I know, and this is no disrespect to to these guys. Everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan and Kobe. Everybody wanted to be those two. When people should be realizing, Bron is what y'all should aspire to be. That, I need to take that last shot. I, I promise you. I promise you, this will live in infamy in my head for a very long time. I was at Perry Steakhouse celebrating my my deuce's birthday. Shout out to Matt Lee. But anywho, I was at Perry Steakhouse. We were waiting for a ridiculously long time for our food. We watched the entire game. The last possession, my front is sitting right next to me. The last possession before, the last offensive possession for Phoenix before the dunk. They bring the ball up court. They pass it to Book. Or no, no, no. Book brings it up court. And um, I look over at him and I say, you think he's ready for this moment? And he said, yeah, I think he is. I said, I don't. I think he's going to want to make it about himself when he's got a few open guys. And he's not going to be able to do that. And this is what happens when we Paul Bunyanize a Kobe, when we Paul Bunyanize a, a Jordan and forget that they were humans who needed other people to win. That's Steve Kershaw. On the bench, Jordan said, if they double me, you're going to be open. I'm going to kick yeah. it to you. If you look at that last possession, there is no way that you should be facing a double team in the front and be close enough to another defender for him to help and get a steal from behind. Hey, but another thing, do you remember when Devin Booker was, was getting up reps in the summer? I want to say it was three years ago. And he was he was crying at everybody on the court about doubling. Yeah. And Kobe came out and said, "If you want to take these shots when the season get here, you are gonna need that repetition with the doubles." And, and Devin and, Booker and, wasn't trying to get doubled in practice. Y'all make valid points. I'm gonna go back to the original discussion I had. Game two, 
Michael Bridges, 27. Devin Booker, 31. Chris Paul, 23. I bring this up to say, this is how Phoenix won their games. They didn't win the games off Devin Booker going to God. They didn't win the games off Chris Paul going to God, other than the closeout game against the Clippers. And even then, he still, he just was having his way with the Clippers. Like, literally, he was having and his way. And you know what? And that's that's another one of my takeaways from this. I don't ever want to hear anybody say that Chris Paul is up there with Isaiah Thomas again. I don't ever want to hear it from <laughs> anybody again. Because I'll tell you this. Before the Achilles tear, name a single series where it was like, hey, Isaiah, your team is in position. It's based on you doing your job. If you just do your job, they gonna the Pistons gonna win this series. And everybody was like, "Well, the Pistons might be cooked. Uh, it might be a bad time." All of the deficiencies that Isaiah had, he was just as small as Chris Paul. He was just as much. Don't there were bigger guards back then who happily played on the block. No five second back to the basket rule. And look at what's happening to Chris Paul. Drew Holiday is turning around, walking him to the rim, and laying it up. <laughs> Can we have an honest conversation about Chris Paul? Let's I have know, it. I, I know it's a lot Let's of people that's it. waiting on him to get his moment, and a lot of people want him to get that championship in the year, what, year 16? I don't. I don't. I, I am not waiting on no such thing. Watching that, watching that finals series, like I know he always had this thing around him that he was like doing little low-key stuff or, you know, he was a dirty player. Chris Paul is a dirty player. It's and I, I don't, I don't want to see a player like that rewarded with a championship. When he put tried to push Giannis out the air, bro, that's not multiple even how you times. Take that foul. That's not <laughs> multiple how you take that. times. It, it, that's terrible. <laughs> that's, but you know what though, and and I've been saying this ever since he did the the little arm hook thing when Brown was going for that uh, rebound. I'm like, yo, this man's a sicko. Brown is like his best friend, but his best friend. Like, what's wrong with bro? Who does uh, that to their man? Uh, and, and the thing is, though, what Book and Chris Paul got realized is, and it, it, a lot of the blame is on Monty, but to be honest with you, Monty has put them in a position to win games. Absolutely. He has. Because yeah. Monty, if you look at the way Monty been coaching, Monty been playing Cam Johnson in the perfect minutes. Like, mm-hmm. 24 minutes he's been getting, he's averaging nine points, and he's shooting 40% or more from the three. You know what I'm saying? He needs more shots. Yeah. The, the Suns have never won this season even if you go look at all their playoff games, only one game they won off playing hero ball, and that was against the Clippers without Kawhi. They, they this whole playoff, they had five guys in double figures several times in this playoff run. They don't win by playing hero ball. Monty Williams is putting you a team out there to win yep. as a team. What Devin Booker's doing, yes, that's cute. Yes, you're gonna have the finals number. This your finals. He he already got the most points scored in for the first time finals player, I think, right? Yeah, yep. I believe yeah. So. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like, yes, that's cute, that's cute, but that's not how y'all been winning. Stick yeah. to what got you there. I, I remember playing baseball growing up, man. My dad was my coach for Little League, and he used to say, "We was, we played in this tournament called the Tournament of Champions." When I was in uh, eighth grade, I believe. I think it was eighth grade. It was two thousand eight. So, I think no, I was in sixth grade, and we had a guy that he ended up playing Division One at Grambling State, and. My dad didn't want to pitch him the first game of the tournament, but it was one game elimination. He was like, we're going to start with our second best pitcher, and then we're going to go him if we if we, if we we need to. And then, you know, the game got close. My dad said, skip that. We're going to stick with what got us here because you got to be the first place team to go to that tournament. Yep. So he threw in our best pitcher when we didn't need him technically. But he's like, no, we, it's one game elimination. We need him now. 
and you have to wait two days after you pitch. So we had to, we was like, we'll figure Ooh. out tomorrow. We'll figure out tomorrow when tomorrow get here. So we need to win the game now. And the Suns are playing hero ball, and they're not playing their game that got them there. They need to play the game that got them to the finals. When they went against the Lakers, Devin Booker, I don't even think he touched 40 that whole series, did he? No, he had 47 one game. He had 47 one game. I forgot. But he did. It, it wasn't hero ball, though. It was like it came to him in rhythm. Literally, he's been going down isolation, fade away. I, like, yes, you're going to get the numbers, but Michael Bridges was three for three. He's been the best cutter in basketball all season. That's what got you there. Ain't nobody helping on the boards no more. Jake Crowder forgot how to rebound. Michael forgot how to rebound. Chris Paul not even going down there and rebounding no more. Yeah. Like that, they're not playing Suns basketball at all, and and there's no way I'm not betting any money they win again in Milwaukee with that crowd in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's one of those states like Utah that it ain't nothing else to do but go cheer for your team. So <laughs> I ain't no way, it ain't no way I'm betting on anybody, anybody to beat the Bucks in Milwaukee in the game six in the finals. No way. I I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. The most surprising thing about this series to me is it has often come down to Chris Paul's ability to show up in crucial moments, and he just hasn't done it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we already knew that he was dirty. We already knew all of those things about, we already knew those to a certain extent. But the fact that he just flatly has not shown up as a competitor, again, there are, there are guys who just were never in the situation. If you look at Dan Marino with football, he was never in a situation where it was perfect for him to go win the Super Bowl. And it's like, oh, look, Dan went to bed. Like, there, that was never the case. Right. He just never had the full team assembled around him to make it happen. But this is a case where literally it's like, bro, show up and do you. Show up and be the guy that everybody says you are. And he's like, uh... <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, and when we look uh, back, his numbers ain't going to look bad, but it's like, what did you, like, 21-11 in the in the finals? Yes, that's cute. But uh, but but did that win? Did, that's that's not, not enough. That's why the show is called Facts Over X. We're look, we looking at games, and we're not looking at box scores. And another thing with Booker, if you want to bring it back to those comparisons, I feel like you're trying to, you know, take the limelight, or you're trying to make sure this is his moment. Um, one thing that a lot of people forget is that I watched – every Kobe game for however many years. I didn't miss Kobe games. I've seen a lot of games where he shot terribly, but he also made up for that in finals games, getting double-digit rebounds, getting double-digit assists. If he missed those shots, he had a safety net because the two years that the Lakers won a championship in 09 and 010, you know who led the league in rebounding? The Lakers led the league in rebounding. Where did Phoenix rank this season in rebounding? Where did they finish? 22nd. So if you make if you taking those bad shots, you're not taking advantage of the open opportunities that Monty Williams' system is getting you. Giannis running up the floor and he dunking the ball. We're gonna see bro. the same thing in Game Six. Cam Johnson and Michael Bridges was open so many times, and they both shooting high from like he shot three for three, and you so, didn't look at him again. So let me ask y'all this. Let me ask y'all this, and, and, and we gonna move on after this. If you are Phoenix, what adjustments do you make? And how high are you on the panic meter right now? On a scale of one to ten, one being help on the way, we got this, don't worry. Ten being I'm losing hair, I ain't even got. I've been bald for about a year, and I'm still stressing out. <laughs> what, how how dangerous is this situation for the Suns? Panic meter, I'm going a nine because if you lose this game, 
the finals is over. You watching Milwaukee celebrate on our home floor. But ironically enough, even though I have the panic meter that high, I don't make any adjustments. Really? They have the right system in place to beat Milwaukee, and we've seen it. Even if Milwaukee plays good, Phoenix has beaten themselves more times in the series than Milwaukee has won. Milwaukee is just taking advantage of mistakes that Phoenix is making that they shouldn't be making. In crucial moments as well. It's not just them making mistakes throughout the game. It's like dead second second to last possessions every time. Game four, no, no, game five ended on Book's turnover. Game four ended on the CP3 turnover, correct? Yep. Play the same game that you've been playing that got you to this point. Because if you look at this finals, if you look at the past three games, they're not playing the same basketball that they've been playing the rest of the playoffs. Again, with Book, I get it. It makes sense that he's young. He hasn't been here. These lights are very bright. It's understandable. Chris Paul, everybody calling you the great I am of point guards. Well, I'm they called you point hey, god. Phoenix are, is playing as if they have two players that's competing for finals MVP. Mm. Mm. And when you got two players of that talent level, it's not going to work out. That yeah. works out when you got a LeBron and D-Wade on your team. You can have them compete for finals MVP and it still works. You can have KD and Curry compete for finals MVP. You can have Kobe and Shaq compete for it. Yeah. You got to play as a yeah. team if you're going to put Milwaukee out. And again, the, the Paul Bunyanizing of, of Kobe and Jordan is the, is the problem here because people forget that those two knew all right, there are certain shots I do not need to be taken. Like, uh, objectively, everybody... Who, who, who hit the dagger to put out Boston in Game 7? Wasn't that Robert Ori? Was that... It was uh, Artest. Was that, oh, okay, okay, okay. In 2010. But, oh, my bad. Kobe ain't take that shot, Artest remember, that. Remember, the Portland game, the alley-oop, that everybody still remembers to this day. What yeah. was happening? Oh, Oh, Kobe was getting double, and he saw. <laughs> oh, look, I've got that gargantuan guy under the rim. I mean, yes, you don't have Shaq on your team, but you got a guy that's shooting 40% from the three. That's wide open. Right. A, lot, a lot of people say, like, oh, they took this shot, and they wasn't as afraid. Of, both Kobe and Jordan averaged six assists for their career. That's a lot of assists for a two-guard. Kobe has exactly. more assists than any person in the nest, not a point guard in, in basketball history. Exactly. So... I mean, it's it, there's it's very clear what should be happening here. It's they're just playing bad basketball. And speaking of bad basketball, we've got to talk about Team USA because <laughs> they're. I believe they're. Are they two and two now in the exhibition? Yeah. Or are they still one and two? Oh, uh, two also, they beat Spain. Also, slight correction from earlier: when when uh, players score forty points in the series, their teams are one and three. Giannis lost the first game, won the second game, where he scored forty. Uh, Book lost two when he scored 40. Now, going forward, they're, so they're two and two now because they beat Spain and who else? Did they beat uh, they Nigeria? Beat Spain. Um, and Argentina. Argentina. Yeah, oh, Argentina. Spain and Argentina. Yeah. Okay, so they're now two and two in exhibition play. However, they started off 0 and 2. First time in Olympic history since the, uh, since the NBA has allowed professionals to play in the Olympics. Are you worried about Team USA? Are you worried or have they figured it out now because of JaVale McGee and uh, Keldon Johnson? <laughs> so so here's two things. Um, I am worried about Team USA when it comes to bringing home the gold just because they don't have the, the, the players in place in order to – like they don't have a system. Even though they have the most talented players in the world, it's a lot of players from Team USA that's missing that if we were under normal circumstances as far as the season goes – we will see them playing. But um, when it comes to the first round in order to determine their placements, I'm not 
I'm not worried about Team USA. Even though they struggled in the exposition, I think they'll get it in the exposition in the exhibition. I think they'll get it together. And in, um, in their first few games, they play France, which may be a bit of a battle, but I think they got that. They play Czech Republic. They play. Um, I'm not even sure the the team that they're supposed to play after they play Czech Republic. I don't recognize the flag if I'm being honest with you. Um, and then that determines their placement for the rest of the Olympics when it comes to you know determining the the, the medals. So that's why I'm not worried about them getting to that point. But once they get to that point, what's going to happen when they have to play the Australians again and they have to play the Spains, those teams that have a system in place? Because it's not like the win that they had yesterday against Spain was was in dominating fashion. They only won by seven. So I think once we get to that point, we'll have to determine where Team USA is as far as chemistry, because we know the talent is there. But I am worried about them from a chemistry standpoint. We just have to wait to see how they play once they get there. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. I'm... I'm very worried about this team, USA. I'm very worried for a lot of reasons. Number one, they need to bring these FIBA rules to the NBA, and we've already talked about that a little bit, but it's getting ugly. It's getting bad. Like, I think that that Australia game, I mean, they had Patty Mills. At, they had Patty Mills out there looking like, looking like, I mean, I hate to say it. I don't want to be <laughs> blasphemous. But they had him looking like a young Steph Curry out there. And they had Matisse Tybal looking like Pippen. He was, <laughs> Matisse Tybal was putting people in torture chambers out there. And I'm just like, yeah. um, this Matisse Tybal is a good defender. I'm not credit to the man, no disrespect, but he's not that good to be Y'all putting be our best ball. guys in the blender defensively. I'm I'm very worried because not only do we not have the horses in the stable at this point. I I think that like we're really looking at a situation where, especially for our bigs, we're not right. even looking at top fifteen guys in the league. Why did they get Javel McGee? I, they ain't had no they bigs. Here's the you, thing: what wait, other bigs can you get? Man, now that you say it, because most of the good bigs now are from other countries. True. I was just thinking about it. I mean, I, I would have made a phone Hayden. call to, to Dwight Cat Cat is, is Canadian, isn't he? Cat uh, is Dominican. No. I he, know he ain't from here. It, yeah, he's not from here. He's either Dominican or... Sheesh. I want to say he's Dominican. I don't know. But he definitely can't play for Team USA. I would have called Dwight Howard. I mean, you know, somebody that played before. You know, you know what? And I, I give that. Because Dwight Howard, his level of physicality, it would definitely work out. But Right. I would But Ooh, here's why I'm not panicking. Because Team USA always does this, like not necessarily does this with two losses, but Team USA always starts off playing like Supreme Adonis, pretty much. And they, they they typically always start like the first two games be a lot closer than like the next five games. And and reason why I'm not worried is because when you get hit in your head a couple of times being the Prima Domino, it's like, okay, y'all, if we don't really play, we're gonna really lose. So I, that's why I think that's starting to click with them now. Like, okay. They're not about to just let us win because they know we're supposed to win. Yeah. So I think that's going to be like KD, Dame, and them. And and that that's what's going to help help them get through this. The problem I, I worry is, I hate to bring this back up and bring negative energy, but why are these Team USA players popping up in COVID protocols? Now, that's what worries me because you get a KD and Damian Lillard on COVID protocols, I mean, you got Sadiq Bay and something starting. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, I don't know. This ain't ain't the Team USA of old where you had, like, all of the best players in the league 
that were like, I need to get in on this. Because right. now the game is more international than ever. Honestly, there's a lower percentage of the best players in the league being from America. You're not looking at a situation where you got the top 10 players in the league right now, right? If you had to name top 10 players, off the back of my head without even thinking about it, at least three are not American. You got the best center in the game, Jokic. Or MB, whichever one you want. Whichever right. one's the best center. Neither one is American. You got Luka Doncic, probably the the one of the guys who is going to be the face of the league going forward. Yeah. Not American. You got um, you got Giannis, not American. You got DeAndre Ayton, a great big. Listen, not American. Right. So I mean, you can't even you can't even call Clint Capella. You can't oh, even call Clint Capella. My lord, not you can't call Clint Capella. I'm, I'm saying, uh, why JaVale McGee? You couldn't. Uh, you could have went and got Miles Turner. Yeah, I, uh, no, he he rehabbing though. He rehabbing. You know, he had a lot. Mm. J- Jared Allen. Possible when, when the finals over, bring Brook Lopez over. Well, you you know the Cavs always selling, so you know they weren't giving <laughs> up. Hey, listen, all, all I where's got Bam to say from? Uh, Bam Bam's on, on the team. team. He's oh, on the team. Lord. Yeah. So so wait wait. Let me ask you. <laughs> let me ask you this because I feel a lot of concern. I'm not gonna lie to you. My panic meter is at a solid seven and a half right now. I am highly concerned. I am worried that we are not gonna be on that podium. At the end of this, I'm worried. Okay, Louis Sco- Louis Scola was saucing them. <laughs> Louis Scola. I mean, he do that every Olympics, though. He, yeah. do. he do. I, listen, so, all I'm saying is the man they played in the NBA. How long? And he out there like, hey, let me let me take y'all young boys to the water. <laughs> so so really quickly, uh. The USA second game is against Iran. That's the country I didn't recognize. So that's an easy win for them, I think. But no, Iran gonna be an easy win. That's the first game is against France. And is Gobert playing? Yeah, he I think yeah, he is. He should be. I don't I mean, I don't have a higher stock in Gobert, but with the bigs you got on team USA, I think Gobert might eat down. Gobert there. might so get twenty and twenty. What? But he you, might you get are 20. worried about Keldon Johnson? <laughs> I can't believe it. Hey, by the way, listen, I understand that these are professionals, and if they walked into any open court gym, they would destroy all of us by 60. But we're comparing you to other professionals right now. Right. And honestly, the fact of the matter is. This is not tough, tough stakes, tough stakes. So, Josh, what is your panic meter at for Team USA? What are we looking um, at? Is, is this panic meter based off of them getting gold? Yes. Uh, An eight. It's at an eight because I'm not Ooh. completely Ooh, you confident. I'm not completely Ooh. confident that they'll go that they'll go undefeated in their seeding matches because of that France matchup, and then depending on who they get placed against, um, and basically the playoffs after they go two and one, I assume it's possible they could go three and zero, but I'm thinking two and one. What teams are they going to get placed up against? Let's say in order to get the goal, you got to match up against France again, uh, Australia, and Spain. I'm not entirely confident in this team. And then you have players that's coming over that want to participate and they'll be coming off of a, a week rest from the NBA finals. Have have Gordon Ramsay come give it a taste because we're cooked, if that's the case. <laughs> Boring because Chris Middleton close. is supposed to come over, right? Yeah, Chris Middleton. So and let's say he, and Devin Booker. Let's say they're off a week rest. Uh Milwaukee wins the championship. Two of them just got done partying. We don't even know if those two pass COVID protocols before they make their way to Japan. So we really gonna keep playing this game like Chris Middleton is like, oh, we're we're very worried. Hey, Chris Middleton's listen, coming. You want Chris Middleton said, or Keldon Johnson? Perk, 
Fair. Perk said Chris Middleton is a a, a Batman to Giannis is Robin. Okay. Perk is perk. off perks. You understand? If if Chris <laughs> Middleton is Batman, this the 1960s Batman where they have the bang pow uh gra- graphics popping up on screen. Okay. This, this, this Adam West Batman. The if big Chris perk, Middleton man. is Batman, this is this is the Justice League where he is by far the worst of the original. <laughs> okay. Because you are not no, you are not get out of here with that nonsense man get out of here with that Batman you on your way we fighting the villains yeah I had to stop at Jiffy Lou real quick bro uh, remember remember when that man was falling <laughs> out the sky I want to say it was the first episode of, of the series he was falling out the sky can somebody help me yeah. can I fly at all that's Chris Middleton man get this nonsense out of here but anywho we go we go keep it pushing man cause listen at the end of the day we are talking about why America or Team USA is doing so so poorly. But another thing that we got to talk about is a lot of the best guys who would be playing for Team USA got some extenuating circumstances going on. Kawhi with his injury situation. Yep. Of course, we got uh, a lot of guys who are still in the finals right now and all that good stuff. But a lot of guys who are not on this team are going to be looking to move and even some who are on it. So is Dame staying in Portland. Has Dame time officially ended in Portland or what? What's going on? Dame is gone. Really? Not not entirely sure uh, where. I, I honestly have no idea where because I think it's a lot of teams that have pieces it's 196 for million you got to move. I know. That's, that's <laughs> the tough part. But I, I was thinking of it. In the modern NBA, have we ever heard um, of any situation where a player would, you know, can basically express that they were unhappy or expresses that they wanted to go elsewhere in this, you know, NBA landscape where players are in control of their own narrative and they didn't go where they wanted to go or they didn't, you know, get moved off that team. Hey, I'll say this. I'll say this. That salary cap be getting real flexible when these superstars yeah, right. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. I thought they were in salary cap hell last week. What I hop on 2K and try to make that trade. And they're like, yeah, you uh, you need to make up for 43. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what's going on. Those salary caps is shh. Yeah. But 2K don't c- count. For the owner willing to pay that much in luxury tax. Man, all I'm saying is turn on 2K and had Clay, Curry, Katie, and Draymond on the same team. Tough. I signed two max players, my third sign, and I got to pick up uh, Rudy Gay off of that minimum in order to <laughs> in order to fill out my roster, man. But um, oh, th- that's the reason I think Dame is going. He's openly expressed that he's unhappy, and I can't think in the modern NBA of a of a player that expressed they were unhappy or expressed that they want to trade and they didn't get that trade. Um, so I'm not exactly sure where Dame is going to end up going. I think it's a lot of places that fit him. And I think it's a lot of teams that want him. But I think by the time we start the 2021-22 season, uh, Damian isn't going to be important. I mean, it's, it's not only that he wants to leave. It's the stage of his career that he's at. If you yeah. look at, so for example, we got more players complaining at really young ages about not wanting to be there than we have probably seen a lot in the past. Right. And back back in the past, it was like, oh, you hate being here? Wow, that sucks. Anyway, uh, <laughs> get to the baseline. Now it's like, wait, you hate being here? We got to take a look at this. And Dame is in what, year 10? Year, like, he's, he's yep. somewhere up there that this ain't a, a young guy who, you know, like a Zion or a Luca saying, I've only been here a couple of years, but it kind of sucks here outside the beignets. Like, that's not <laughs> not really a thing. So, I mean, 
All right. So when we are looking at Dame, Chris, will he be on the Portland Trailblazers roster in the beginning of the season next year? I think he'll start as a Portland Trailblazers because that deal is going to take a lot of thinking power for them, that front office. Um, I, however, however, I do think if they come out and he, and he comes out, he plays hard, it might take up to the deadline to get that deal made because Portland's always started the season strong. Like, that's where everybody get their hopes up about Portland. Like, oh, this is the year Portland could do it. Charles Barkley hit this guarantee button. Guarantee that Portland wins the West. But the thing is, though, if I'm Portland front office, I try to trade Dame as fast as possible for two reasons. Right now, his stock is so high. You might be able to get the biggest trade ever. Especially if the Bucks win this year. You cause th- that's gonna show that even though you got a small market team, as long as you got the right pieces around the right player, you can win right. a championship. Cause because injuries can happen out any day, anytime. And if 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 I'm the Blazers, I try to make the deal for the biggest package that I possibly can get. Because Dame is not, value not going to be any higher from this. He could start the season, get a sprained ankle, value drop. He comes start the season, he shoot poorly, the value drop. Based off his playoff performances, Dame is at the – he's the number one player right now that's available to move teams. You know what uh, I mean? And- Another reason right. why another reason why Chris is right is you get the biggest package now because that gives you enough star power to potentially try to win something in Portland. Because if you get rid of Dame for assets, regardless of how well you draft or how much money you have stocked up, you're not really going to get a lot of players that want to come over and play in Portland. And once those, you know, rookies really get a core together, even if they are extremely talented, you can't guarantee that they're going to want to stay either. So I, I think the, the biggest thing here for me is Dame has a no trade. I mean, doesn't have a no trade clause. So you're absolutely right. The Trailblazers. But the only problem is the Trailblazers also have to live in the reality of this ain't a video game. You can try to trade them for the biggest package you want to a completely undesirable market where nobody wants to be. How many free agents are you ever going to get going forward from that? How many young guys, if you are not at championship contention right there, it's the NBA and all that, it's a very small world. Like, the same guys who are major agents for the 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 Kobe's of the world and the, um, the Allen Iversons of the world in the early 2000s, they're pretty much the same guys who are the agents now or they passed it down to somebody close to them who came up under them as an agent. So if you do right. a situation where you're like, all right, Dane, I'm sending you to Orlando. <laughs> All right. Okay. You do it if you want to. How many prospects do you think, oh, we drafted this top guy, and right now we in the middle of the road. We might can help him out. We might could not. And he gonna look at he gonna look at y'all as a, a unit and say, nah, they shipped Dame to Orlando. I'm out of here. Or the agent gonna be chirping in his ear. They do not care about you. They do not have your best interest at heart. So, I mean, that's the only thing. that That's one thing Houston does well, dog. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, absolutely. Houston does that well. Houston will take crap to get you to where you want to go. So, and that's, and that is why, and, and you notice, when Houston is good, everybody wants to play there. Houston has never been a place that's like, 
oh my God. And when you think about the actual realities of a superstar living in Houston, like, yeah, a lot of like regular, smegular people are moving to Houston, but think about it as a superstar. Like you have a city that is really, really congested. Everything is super far apart and you're always going to have traffic every time of the day and night. Is that really something that you want (laughs) as like a hundred millionaire? Of course not. But the fact of the matter is, if you look at what the team offers you on the court, you know that either they're going to be competing or they're going to send you where you want to go. You can't beat it. You really can't beat it. So that's just my thing on that. But Dame ain't the only one that's looking to move. Is Lonzo getting the reunited and it feels so good? (laughs) Reunited and it's understood. All right, I'm going to stop. The vocals was amazing, though. I I see y'all like the vocals. Anywho. Is Lonzo coming back to the Lakers or what? Because the the writing on the wall say that it's going to happen. The Lakers are saying that they desperately need another playmaker and they want to play Brown and AD at the four or five more. Um, and, you know, there seems to be another playmaker who's available here uh, who has history with the Lakers. What's going to happen here? Lonzo is not going to be a Laker next season. Oh, okay. All right. Where is he, he going? He fits the team. He fits the team very well, and I think this version of Lonzo with a little more confidence, with a better jump shot, would thrive in Los Angeles. He would be really good on the Lakers. Um, I think it would. I think it would honestly, if you know LeBron and AD are healthy, it would make the Lakers the favorites to win a championship next season. Right? He would get that eighty-four mil that uh, Dennis gonna get from Guangdong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing: Blanco just made an interesting point. I think that Lonzo was going to a team like New York or a team similar to that, a team that's um, you know. Maybe middle of the pack, good enough to make the playoffs, or maybe, you know, like top of the lottery kind of team, you know, around like maybe getting a 14, 15 uh, pick in a draft. And the reason is a lot of those teams got money to spend. And I think with the season that he had, there's a lot of teams that are willing to spend money on Lonzo. And even though he's restricted, the Pelicans have come out and said that they're not matching it. They're not matching the high offers that whatever teams give to Lonzo. I, I'm going to just tell you this the Pelicans are known for being penny pinchers and. Mm-hmm. Look what it's gotten you. Right. The owners of the Pelicans, on a completely unrelated note right now, they also are like, they are either the owners of the Saints as well or they're parcel owners or something like that. Right. The position for covering both teams is paying 30K. They they, they build it. <laughs> Whoa. They're, they, uh, they worried about building that franchise. Those are the same people that own Smoothie King, right? Yeah. I've been seeing them things pop up everywhere. That's where Lonzo money going to those Smoothie Kings. I, I don't understand. Smoothie King bags. I'm not going to lie. It, it's a beat. It's, oh, been. my God. You got to go. All right. I'm going to go. go. It's one on the way to it's the grocery store. It's one right there on uh, 13 and Woodward. Hey, when you go get the uh, Peanut Power Plus, get it a strawberry one. It's, it's, man, gotcha, it, gotcha. it's like that. But anyway, <laughs> the fact of the matter is simple, man. The, the Pelicans either need to drop that bread or stop playing like they trying to win. Stop. Here's the here's I'm the thing. Here's the, thing. here's the thing. Lazo value is kind of high right now too. That's what I'm saying. His value is here's through the, the roof. Thing. He here, can get him twenty thing. a year. Here's the thing. It's two places that I think Lonzo will make a, a, a hell of an impact immediately. Two places. One, a team that just traded away they starting guard, Boston. They don't have Ooh. the money. Jason Jason Tatum contract kicks in this year. Jalen Brown's kicks in next year. Hey, listen, listen. If he went to Boston, 
That'll be the team of the future. You got Lava, who's young, Jalen Brown, who's young, Jason Tatum, who's young, Robert Williams, who's young. Nice. That'll be the team of the future. Don't 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 think you're gonna sneak Robert Williams in there. <laughs> it's like we like, okay. Hey, listen, like listen, we like, okay. He's still young though. He's no, still you're young. Right, you're right. You're right. Okay. Young. Robert then, Williams will get you a little eight and ten, and that'd be important on yeah, the team. You got a lot of scores, yeah. man. Man, listen, anybody that lined up at the five today gonna get you about ten rebounds. All right, anybody <laughs> who ain't trying to shoot threes at the five gonna get you ten. And listen, if I'm Lonzo, I'm not going to Lakers. You wanna know why? New what? York a bigger market, and they could pay me more money with their seventy million in cap. And I'll be in the playoffs. Me and Julius Randle, we already hooped together before, and we got chemistry. And I'm down the street from my little brother down in North Carolina. Ooh. I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. Could you imagine him going to Charlotte? Could you could you see a world where that would happen? No, they got some bread. They, they, they heavy. Some, they guard. I was heavy, wondering if they man. had the money. They, yeah, they, they got, got they, some they bread. guard heavy though, man. But they got the Graham. Thing. They got Rozier. They the got thing. Ball. So so if you you're telling me that if you had a moment where like Lonzo was like, I want to come play with my brother, you like, nah, we got Terry Rozier. No, no, no. But the, but the thing but the thing is, okay, I'm gonna take less money to go play with my brother and five other guards. But versus if you versus Lonzo, you gonna trade some of them off. You gonna ship some of them, right? You gonna ship some of them off. But versus going to play in New York and take Alfred Payton's starting spot, right? I mean, but also that's a little. You know what I mean? But also, New York, New York has Tibbs. Like at the end of the day, New York has Tibbs. I don't care what anybody says. These NBA players are not stupid. They are watching <laughs> this coach play players. 40 minutes during the regular season. Like, yeah, but, bro, but, but we're but, up 10 in the fourth. Get but me but, out but of listen, game. listen to me, dog. Get, listen, what has LeVar Ball been complaining about Lonzo? He don't, don't get know enough what. minutes. He don't get enough minutes. Then I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you this much. At the end of the day, LeVar is LeVar. He always going to chirp and all that. Those two are growing into their own men now. They're growing into being their own men. Y'all remember when... Uh, Lonzo first came in the league. There was an interview they did on first take, and they asked, "Have you ever disagreed with your dad?" And he was like, "No." And I knew immediately, like, all right, something's wrong here, because like, granted, me and my pops' relationship is not normal. I understand that, like, there's a little more animosity there than there is with most people. I get that, but just in like being around people who are like are cool with their dads, at some point in time, you disagree with your father about something. Right. Even if it's like, oh, Fago is better than a uh, Moon Miss is better than Red Pop. I mean, I mean, like, there's that's something you know what I mean. Real. Yeah, the reason why I say it could just be for TV because if you remember, if you watch Ball in the Family, I know a guy in love Ball in the Family, but if you watched it, <laughs> Lonzo and them did get tattoos and they disagreed with their father when their father said, "Don't get no tattoos." You get what yeah. I'm saying? So I, I, it could be for TV a little bit. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm saying. That they're now growing in a way that they like. Var could talk all he want about they need more minutes. Look at how much Melo was playing down the stretch last season. That man came back off that wrist. His wrist was still hurting. Anybody that came close to that wrist, he was like, he pushed a ref off of him and got a tip <laughs> because he came close to that wrist. You right. cannot ask for any more minutes than what they were giving him. They was giving him everything he could ask for. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm... Lonzo is a guy that, to me, he is in the best position out of all these guys because he's young. He's getting better. He has not hit his ceiling. I don't think we've seen Lonzo's best basketball. With everybody else on this list, 
With everybody else on this list, we've seen Dame's best basketball. We've seen Kawhi's best basketball. We've seen Ben Simmons' best basketball. Kyle Lowry and CP3's best basketball is way behind them. So we're looking at a case where you're the guy who can, like, kind of pick and choose wherever I want to go. I'm telling you, Boston or New York, is that's that sets them up. Both young teams, both have historic franchises, both can pay some money. That sets him up for a long time. I mean, I, I feel you, but again, if I'm looking at Tibbs, if I'm looking at a team that injured Jimmy I, Butler I, from overworking I, him, Jimmy Butler... I get it, I get Jimmy it. Jimmy Butler it. put weights in his room to do cleans in the bubble. The waiters, I mean, not the waiters, the help staff was complaining that he was dribbling a ball at all hours of the night in the bubble where there was nothing <laughs> but basketball. And y'all hurt him from working them too hard. If I'm an NBA player, get Tibbs away from me. I don't care what you got going on, bro. You couldn't pay Listen, I get it. I get it. But a lot of the reason why Tibbs don't play anybody also is because he's never had a team that was like 9, 10 deep. If you look at those Bulls team, they was like 8 deep. And then he had some bums. You know what I mean? So if, if, you, that- if you build that roster up and get him some more guys, he can rotate in and out. Because during the regular season, I think Julius Randle maxed out at like 39.44 minutes, which is a lot of minutes. But but. that's the reality for every NBA team. How many NBA teams are actually 9-10 deep? Pop makes the Spurs look 9-10 deep every year. They're not really 9-10 deep. They do not really have 10 players that you could drop them off on any team and like, yeah, he's going to be a rotational player. Some of those players from the Spurs, we've seen it. They trade them off and like we never hear from them again. They trade them off and they end up hooping in Istanbul. Like, that's just the reality of it. So, if if we're talking about why Tibbs is not playing more, why Tibbs isn't playing different players more minutes, it's just because it's Tibbs, bro. Like, it's you can get that man, you oh, can we, get that we, man, an all star scene on our sting list every week when it's oh, Tibbs. Absolutely. News. absolutely. <laughs> Tibbs slander is always approved here at Facts Over Act. But I so will tell you gonna... one thing really quick before we before we switch to the next thing. Long term, not resigning Alonzo is really going to hurt the Pelicans. Oh, absolutely. Because because if you look at it, um, Zion get a lot of easy buckets from Lonzo dishing him the ball. And if Lonzo but, not there next season to feed him the ball the way you've been feeding him the ball, Zion not going to be there. But let me ask you this. If Zion said that he's already not happy, Right. Why is he not happy? He talked about they don't win enough. So your solution to keep your number one pick face of the franchise, potential face of the league. The the fact that they did all that to get the number one pick and then still, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) the Pelicans might sell worse than the Cavs. They might sell. You know what? It's getting to that point again. (laughs) When I found out, when I found out that they were expecting somebody to cover two teams, all year round for 30K, I was like, these people aren't well. These people are like, there's something not clicking up there to like where they just hey, like, hey, hey, listen oh, though, we're going to get a super fan to do this. Listen, one guy we forgot off the rundown, though, that could really make the Pelicans smart. They could low-key go give Colin Sexton a little back since Cleveland don't plan on matching to his deal. And then, you know, they bring in Colin Sexton, which is not, not a world changer, but losing Lonzo will hurt a lot less. It'll hurt I, a lot less. I agree. I agree. But at the, in the same token, I think that Colin Sexton is one of those guys that thinks that he he deserves money like Lonzo. I think he's one of them guys yeah. that's like, you I mean, can't tell him. He's a also Colin Sexton. 24-point game scorer. So, I mean. Then that's not get, what the Pelicans need. Colin Sexton going to be out there like, I see you down there on, on the block, uh, Zion, but I'm about to shoot this bucket, bro. 
I'm about to go for it. I get it, but at the same time, you might be able to get them for twelve million a year. I mean, you know I'll mean? tell you this: if they if they get him right now while he's still under that rookie contract, sure. But after that rookie contract expires, oh, you're going no, to no, no, no. He, he, I think he's a restricted free agent this year, but they already said they're not matching. They like they yeah. basically said they're not matching. Okay, again, the Pelicans. Congratulations on the losing Zion thing. It was good while it lasted, but he's not going to be there beyond. 2020. He sold y'all some tickets. Yeah, he sold <laughs> exactly. He sold y'all some tickets. He, he sold y'all some tickets, but that's that's not happening anymore. But anywho, Kawhi Leonard, where are him and Uncle Dennis headed next? They went to the great up north. They done came back to Cali to go home for a minute. What's going on with Kawhi? Where Kawhi going, Chris? Where are you going, listen, man? Listen, 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 bro. It's hard to read Kawhi. Now, Kawhi said that he no longer trusts their medical staff, or at least that's what the reports are saying. So, you know, if Kawhi don't trust your medical staff, that's like if Young Metro don't trust you. I mean, <laughs> you know what's going to happen next. You listen, know what's going to happen next. I, I think Kawhi is a victim of being somewhere that you're from and everybody always need you to do something. And I think, like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he went back to L.A. where he's originally from, and well, he's from the area where it seemed like all the family and all that stuff, they, they, it seemed like they wearing a tear on his mental. You know what I mean? Like, Kawhi don't seem as happy as he did that season in Toronto. Like, that season in Toronto, it was so many Kawhi memes. Like, Kawhi had a grand time in Toronto. Like, yeah. And it led to a tip. You get what I'm saying? And I don't think Kawhi wants to be the guy to answer all the questions. You know what I mean? I don't think Kawhi wants to be that guy that's like, okay, Kawhi, y'all won a game by by uh, your game winner. How do you feel about that? I don't think Kawhi want to be in that seat. I think Kawhi want to just say what he's going to say at the podium and then leave. So to me, it makes sense for Kawhi to leave. But I don't think he is because the Clippers going to throw the bag at him and then they also going to fire whoever he don't have a, he have a problem with on that medical staff and let him pick his next medical staff person. They're going to do what they need to do to keep Kawhi. Out. Okay. All right. Josh, what you, where do you see this Kawhi saga going, man? Um, Kawhi staying with the Clippers uh, for two mm. reasons. One, where is he going to go? Like from a money standpoint, people that's willing to take on Kawhi's family, like even though Kawhi is arguably the best two-way player that we've seen in a long time, we're starting to get to that point where like, do we want to deal with what's coming along with it in order to get production out of him that we don't know? Right. It's, it's not like Kawhi is an exceptional player, but it's not like bringing him over in the current landscape. Depending on what team he's going to, that's not going to guarantee you a championship. Um, also, throughout the course of his career, Kawhi is like a, we, we've learned that he's a very simple, but also opinion, uh, opinionated guy. And he's played in San Antonio. He's played in Toronto. And now he's playing in Los Angeles. And Los Angeles is the only place that he's picked to play. So I think that's a factor as well. The fact that he picked the that he picked to play with the Clippers as opposed to those other teams he was either drafted by or traded to. So I think whatever issues they have in there, they figure out. And I think that Kawhi stays with the Clippers because one, he chose to stay, he chose to play there. And two, I don't think of any other places that's like going to go and that's going to go and grab Kawhi or that the money fits or that he fits their team because he's not going to go play with a team that got 40 million like the Knicks. He's not going to want to play there, but then at the same time, you oh, got teams like the Warriors it. or something. Tibbs will love it. Hey, that's a Latrell Sprewell moment waiting to happen. Waiting to happen. Come on, get back in the game. No. 
or they or you got teams like the the Warriors or something that will honestly benefit from a Kawhi, but you know they don't have forty million dollars laying around to pay him. I mean, oh, so so when we're when we're looking at this situation for Kawhi, I think that he may be back with the Clippers. I think the chances are a little higher than we originally estimated, but it just it this is a lose lose situation. Like literally, nobody wins out of this. Like, oh, the Clippers get Kawhi. So, like, sure, y'all sell a couple tickets or whatever, but like, right. y'all, y'all are gonna slide back here. Kawhi is only getting older, and those knees, the word degenerative for the people who don't know means it continues to degrade and get worse over time. Okay. Yep. So what's happening to Kawhi's body is those knees are getting worse with every day, every minute, every tip-off, every game. So we're looking at a situation where I mean, yeah, the Clippers are going to pay him. But, I mean, I, I get it. They're stuck. They kind of got to do it. But should they? Like, should they, for the long-term health of your franchise, is that really what you want to do? I don't know. But, anywho, um, so other than those guys, we got uh, next up on the rundown, we have Ben Simmons. Now, these next three, actually, we could just go ahead and package these next three together because you got Ben Simmons <laughs> Kyle Lowry, and CP3. Is CP3 staying with the Suns, first of all? Um, yeah. 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 Okay, well, I'm just saying, he ain't signed any type of extension. There ain't been no talks of it yet. They ain't really offered him one yet because he think he got a player option, I believe. He said he want he said he want that whole 40 ball. He said he want the whole he want to get paid crazy again. That's what he getting now. Yeah. Chris, you are that's ridiculous, man. Hey, hey, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. After this finals, you're definitely not that guy, pal. I mean, he did take that team from not the playoffs to the finals. He helped them get there. Really? Really? So it has nothing to do with the development of their number one overall pick, Big Man. <laughs> it has nothing to do. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, Booker. I'm saying, like, they even even if he, if he didn't go there, the Suns are not in the finals right now. Like, they not. They not. Right. I'll, I'll ask you this. Based on what? What because happens? Who knocks them out and they're not in the finals anymore? Who? I, I think the Lakers knock them out for one. The Lakers with what happened? You think Yes, even up? even even with even with what happened with the Lakers. Chris Paul has made uh, such a the mental in that locker room because of Chris Paul, the the leadership because of Chris Paul, Chris Paul, the the relationship the relationship Paul. with Monty Williams and that system and Chris Paul all of that played a factor in that. All of that. I don't, you I take don't all that out, the Suns might be in the playing tournament. I don't think that that's because of Chris Paul. I think that's because of Monty Williams. I think that's because of those players maturing. I think that it, that just is naturally going to happen over the course of time. And I, I honestly believe that we're going to find out, or that we are finding out, rather, what happens when you overinflate one's sense of self and tell them that you're the reason that everything is happening. Because look at Chris Paul demanding another max. Chris, <laughs> that's not you. You're not that anymore, Chris. Well, I wouldn't ask for a max for a few reasons if I'm Chris Paul, because you need a title at some point, and you're not going to get nobody to join you if you've got the max. Right. <laughs> if you're the max guy, your team is in the play-in, buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, Chris. That's the reality there. But anywho. Uh, all right, so when we when we go beyond CP3, Kyle Lowry looking like it's looking like he's toast up in uh, up in the north. 
Where's Kyle going? Is Kyle going to Philly? Is he coming home? What's going on? Um, I can see Kyle Lowry fit in a few places, but I think we're starting to hit that twilight period in Kyle Lowry's career. Like, even though we'll still get, you know, some production. Um, He's like a 17 and 7 still. Yeah, I think I think we're starting to hit that that I'm not saying he was ever as talented as Iverson, but I think we're starting we're starting to hit that Iverson on the Pistons, you know, phase of Kyle Lowry's career. I think he can Ooh. still contribute to a team, but but Iverson was an all star. He was it, an all star because of it, fan vote. It wasn't the same though. He he has some decent numbers. He has some decent numbers in Detroit, but I think that um, Kyle Lowry going somewhere is going to have a big of an impact as we think it should. So I think we're hitting that point to where a team that's looking to get some veteran leadership out of him should try to pick him up if none of these teams are willing to give him a, a big deal. But I definitely think that we've seen the last of Kyle Lowry in Toronto. Um, is is the Rosen a free agent? Uh, I don't know. I don't think he is. No, he's not. But it's been talks that they might move away from him. But it, it, it's nothing this stone. Just go ahead and get get the friends back together. <laughs> they so are where, where could you see them reuniting at is the question oh you know what 2021 it looks like it looks like he's gonna be a, a free agent coming up this year so DeMar DeRozan is gonna be a free agent yeah <laughs> yeah if yeah. he go back to Toronto do you put Van Fleet on the well he's been playing small forward and power forward for the Spurs I guess it don't really matter what's the uh for another time what's the um Forget it. Why not? You can use a little story over here while young players developing. What's the Pistons cap looking like? You know, you know. I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It actually would make a lot of sense. That it makes actually, sense. It actually would make a lot of sense. He's older, but DeRozan is still an explosive player. That Dwayne Casey tickets. is there. No Dwayne way. Casey's there. And then Kyle Lowry, I mean, I was never the biggest fan of his game, but he is still a veteran point guard that could teach those young guards that the Pistons I'm a have. I'm fan. Bro. And, I'll tell you what, and I'll tell you what. If you, I think that people overvalue how how much these top picks mean year in and year out. Because there's been a few in the past few years that's like, all right, this is the number one guy for a reason. But there's also been some years where like the number one is absolutely nothing. And in those years, it always turns out that one of the lottery guys ends up being the star to show out of that class. So if, even if the Pistons ended up being like, all right, play in for a couple of years, get better after that through draft and through building your team the right way. I mean, hey, you can Well, you, you will essentially have K at the two, Lowry at the one, DeRozan at the three, and then you will have Beef. Um, what's his name? Beef Stew at the five, and you will have, I don't even know who at the four. Like, cause that's a tricky lineup. You got to have somebody kind of long at the four, but... They'll figure it out. El Plumley, Plumley can play the four or the five. You know? I mean, honestly, you you could put Stewart. That's at not the a four. bad roster. That's not a bad roster, honestly. Stewart got length. You could put Stewart at the four, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this is this Kyle Lowry situation could go a lot of ways. I honestly think if he ends up in the right situation, he could absolutely be a difference maker. If oh, he said, if he accepts that, like. I'm no longer that guy. I actually, I don't think he ever was like. No, that guy. he's always he's always been like a third best player. Yeah, on the championship yeah. Team, you know and I mean? think if he accepts, like, you know what, I'm at a point in my career where maybe I could go get another ring. Who knows? He could end up in one of these teams that's contending right now. I mean, he could end I, up. I, I, I love him on the Clippers. I absolutely love. He him could. He could end up. So not only that's a good fit. That's a good fit. Not only could he go to the Clippers, I mean, look at pretty much all the teams that were 
that went deep last year and didn't do nothing this year. Imagine him on uh, the, the Heat. Nuggets. The Nuggets. Imagine him on team. the Nuggets. That's oh, I would love him and well, Jamal Murray would be. Back now we talk hopefully. about we we talk about the Celtics being the young team of the future. A point guard like Lowry, it helps stabilize it a little bit. You know what I mean? It help. You don't got a guy like Kimba that's like, hey, I want to take twenty shots. That's right. that's what I want. True. I'm not gonna be happy with anything less than twenty. So I mean, Lowry, he would average ten assists in Boston for sure. I'm just saying there there's there's pieces there. There's definitely some some time in there for Kyle Lowry. So last but not least, I know that we've already talked about Ben Simmons. But but how what are y'all looking at as far as his potential prospects with that story still developing? How many years left on Ben Simmons deal? Uh, I want to say he, he signed an extension, so he got at least yeah, two. Yeah, I want to say he got at least 3. <laughs> Um, if I'm yeah, Philly, sixty-three million. Yeah, this if I'm if I'm Philly, I honestly say, oh get my what god, you can get. he's not a free agent till twenty twenty-five. Yeah, that's what I said. Three. <laughs> if I'm Philly, um, with a player like Embiid on your team that you can always build around, I say get what you can get while you can. Ben Simmons, stop. I mean, that right ain't no right get what now. you can get. It, it's it's never going to get any better. Whatever Ben Simmons' stock is right I'll, now, I don't see it going any higher from this point in time. So I'll I say, you honestly, what. you get what you can get. If you, I, Here's the only thing that I think the, the 76ers can do to really jig it and finesse it. If you let Ben Simmons cook this next year up till right about the All-Star game, people are going – we live in a popcorn society now where people have very short memories. People are going to kind of forget what happened in the playoffs a little bit. With him, if he goes in the next year averaging 25, 8, and 8. If he's near the playoffs. Oh, that's a lot. That's get a that lot. 25 out my face. <laughs> get, How much I did need he to know this year? How much did he like, average this like, year? Like 13, 14. He averaged 14? I didn't know that he... Okay, my bad. Okay, man. Ben Simmons. What did he average this I'm past sorry. season? I'm sorry. I didn't know nah, he was at 14. Nowhere I thought near he was at least 20. at 20. Ben Simmons no. averaged 14, 7, and 7. I told you, bro. I thought, no, ain't nowhere near 20. No, Get that 25 so and put it as far so as you can. Out. So hear me out. If he go 28 and 8, if he just approves that slightly, just takes a couple more shots, 28 and 8. You he ain't getting me, you 20. But but hear no. me out. Let's just say, let's just say, <laughs> let's just say this year he decides I'm gonna take more shots, right? I'ma just shoot more. He gets you 28 and 8. You telling me the GMs wouldn't be salivating because deep down, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. In the playoffs, 100%. in the playoffs, he gonna do his Ben Simmons thing and disappear. But it's eye candy, it's flashy. Somebody gonna fall for it. Some yeah. dummy is gonna. You fall you for might it. you might get three right. first round picks for Ben Simmons. But, That's what I'm saying. But right but now, the you're thing not is, getting three four. Right now you're right. not getting three. Ain't nobody giving you three. I, at if I'm Philly, I would let him. I would I would rest and be the first ten games of the season and let Ben Simmons cook. Just let, like say, Ben, listen, Ben, go all out. We're going to keep you this year. And then I will flip him for the best package that come about after them 10 games. Say, Ben, you knew I was trading you. Don't, don't act like you knew you was going to stay here. Don't, hey, don't act like you. Don't act like That's how you know Chris is terrible in another aspect of life that we not exactly going to talk about on this show right now. But that man said, hey, lot of him to his face. Let him know, like, you know, you the one, man. You our guy. We love you. Hey, listen, 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 listen. They said that. They said that the. 
The Raptor said that to DeRozan, and DeRozan was so geeked about staying in Toronto. And then, listen, bro, listen, you knew you was you knew you wasn't about to be here with me. Get Kawhi, <laughs> you knew you knew Kawhi was about. You were about to keep you. I mean, listen, I'll I'll hear this, I'll and I'll say this, right? So Ben Simmons, I believe he actually does have a no trade clause. I'm trying to find out whether. Oh, you know what? Nope, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, you don't. You can't get one on your first extension. You can't get one. Oh my lord! So he doesn't have a no trade clause. Hey, listen, them 76ers, they need to come down on that price because guess what? At the moment, nobody's giving you a generational talent. Nobody's giving you a young alt superstar. I, I, I could see a sign and trade, sign and trade for like a Kyle Sexton, something like that. Yeah. But that's the thing. Let's be honest with ourselves. We all know the deal on Colin Sexton. Yeah, he's not going to make a team not, better. He's not an actual, like, superstar, superstar yet. I think as he matures and realizes how to play the game a little better, he'll get there. He's not there right now. It's just funny to me, bro. He's been with the Cavs for a minute now, and everybody in that locker room still thinks he doesn't know how to play basketball. Like, that is so hilarious to me. Like, they literally said, <laughs> the locker room says – he still doesn't know how to play basketball, bro. Like, that's, that's hilarious it. to me. That he averaged 24 a game, and your locker room is saying, bro, you don't know how to hoop. <laughs> like, then you give it, bro, pregame test. Which one of these is the big man properly sealing his defender? <laughs> one, two, or three? That's it. That is, you hate to see that. All I'm saying is, with this Ben Simmons saga, I think it's best for them to hold him, let him ball out, because Ben Simmons is always going to look great in the regular season. Oh. Let him look great up until that, the, up until the uh, the the All Star game, and then that's when you're gonna have folks who are salivating the team that's close. Imagine if if Portland was to lose Dame, right, and like they don't get a Ben Simmons back originally. You see Ben Simmons balling out during the regular season. Of course, they're not talking about the fact that like. The only time he's putting up 30 is against the Rockets. It's just he put up 30 points. Ah? Like hey, hey, you, ain't have to, you ain't have to say it, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. If we talk about teams in the NBA, he liable to put up 30 against. I got Kings, Rockets, and, well, that's that's just about it. That's uh, I can't really see too many. say the Pistons. <laughs> I guess. I, yeah, he can put up 30 on the Pistons. Yeah, for sure. But other than that, I mean, I don't even think he put up 30 on the Magic. So, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's as far as that goes for him. But anyway, uh, that, that, all I'm saying is that would be a great, uh, a wild situation for him. We are about to sign off. But before we do, shout out to the NBA. Eight vacancies, seven back black coaches to fill those spots. Uh, kudos. Kudos. We didn't think we'd see the day. The tide is turning here. And before we go, we just gonna, I'm just going to ask y'all one last thing. Just give me a quick one-liner about it for both. The coach that's in the best situation, the coach that's in the worst situation out of all these. Chris, I'm going to start off with you. Uh, I think the the best situation, I want to say, is the uh, 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 Ima Uduku, Uduka. I'm sorry if I messed that name up. I think he's in the, the tie with Nate McMillan for the best because they both have young players, young superstars, and they both going to be able to see them to their peaks and see them when they hit their superstar potential. And I think Chauncey Billups and Jason Key are in the worst seats because they're both of her teams that win now and you're going to be on a short leash. I feel it. Josh, who who you got the best situation? Who you got in the worst? 
I think Jamal mostly is in the best situation just because a situation like Orlando, um, you he doesn't have a lot of expectations. It's not a very it's not a very uh, talented games, roster over there. Bro, a statue. <laughs> right, exactly. So th- that's the point with Jamal Mosley. If they do anything over there, he's going to get most of the credit, and he go- he's going to be able to establish maybe a long, you know. Uh, a long thing with Orlando where it's going to be okay if he loses for a couple of years to get that experience as a coach. And if they get any better throughout that, throughout that time, he's going to get all the praise for it. So I think he's in the best situation because there's no expectations and he's a brand new coach. So he gets to get that repetition under his belt. Uh, worst situation is Chauncey. Uh, regardless of Dame stays or goes, Portland is always that team that's middle of the pack. They might get you a four or five seed and they're out in the second round. And that's not doing any better than they've been doing for the past 20 seasons. So um, when the situation starts to go like that and the team doesn't get better from where they are, the the first thing to always go is the head coach. So I honestly don't see Portland getting any better. And in, in, in the next two, three years, there's going to be more conversations about what's the problem in in you know Portland and they're probably going to look at the coach first. Um, I think that Wes Unsell Jr. is in the best position because nobody expects much out of the Wizards and also your father was a legend there. Like, you don't really have to do much for people to be like, oh, that's Wes Unsell's kid. You know, Luke Warden. It's like, I was just about to say Luke Warden or Flip Luke Simons. still got a job, don't he? He still does. He's still head coach of the Kings. <laughs> Man. Flip, Flip Saunders' kid. I mean, everybody thought that one guy was going to be the coach. And Flip Saunders' kid was like, hey, my dad's name is Flip. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, that's our guy. That's our guy. So yeah. I, I think that that's why West Unsell is in the best position. Worst position, I don't know. I, it, it definitely got to be a tie between, like you said, uh, Chauncey and uh, J. Kidd. And for a different reason, neither one of their stars want to be there. When your star don't want to be there, when your star don't want to be there, I'm telling you, they will do one of two things. They will do everything they can to appease the star or get rid of the star. If you're a head coach, both of those are a nightmare. Everything to appease the star could mean your job. Getting the star out of there means that, congratulations, Portland just went from Terry Stotts having all these wins, even if they were empty, to now being terrible. And people are going to say, well, Chauncey was there for that. The Mavs, same thing with Rick Carlisle. They won it in 2011, ain't pissed a drop since, but they got a lot of empty wins. And if those wins don't happen under you, J-Kid, congratulations, it's your fault, even if y'all Luca leaves. So I know y'all tired of us talking about coaches leaving and players leaving and and who's leaving to go to the Olympics and who shouldn't be in the Olympics. Anywho, uh, <laughs> come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah,